This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding a motorcycle with your crew on the open road. That symphony of engines roaring in perfect harmony. It's a feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, Jerry. Oh, my word. Really, really terrible. Was that a glockenspiel, Jerry? Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Uh, No, Jerry. It's over. This summer, when you're on the go, stay connected to what matters most with access to over 3 million Cox Wi-Fi hotspots. Learn more at cox.com. Ask Ashley the podcast is sponsored by Cox. Robinson is forward. Making a nuisance of himself. Harris will also be a target. Oh, there is Robinson. And there's the opening goal for Millwall. And it's Paul Robinson that gets it. The defender up from the back. And he gives Millwall the lead in the playoff final with six minutes to go to halftime. I think the flick up came off cuff, but it did. It inadvertently found Robinson. And this one counts for the Lions. The final whistle blows. And Millwall are back in the championship. The Lions have ended their playoff hoodoo. Five times on the wrong end of the results in the playoffs. Not today, though. Paul Robinson's first half goal will take Millwall back into the championships. There were those who didn't think this was possible. But Millwall are the winners of the, the 2010 League One playoff. Doing a review of the last 10 years. Do apologise, any background noise. Hopefully most of that will be lost in the edit. Um, we are sitting in a pub in the middle of nowhere. Going through uh, the last a decade. You have me, you have uh, myself, Mickey Simpson. We've got Omar. How you doing? We've got Pete. Good evening. And we've got Dan. Good evening. So, I suppose there's um, no point looking where we're going. Starting probably from the beginning of the decade, um, the 2010-2011 season. Um, what sticks out for you from from that season? Uh, I mean, first season championship after getting promoted. Obviously, Robbo's goal at Wembley. Um, you think that ends. Obviously, it was a bit of a change at the time. It was the 125th anniversary, wasn't it? We had that special kit. Get this one one off kit, didn't you? <laughs> but no, obviously sticks memory. I mean, obviously we got promoted. We finished eighth, didn't we? That year or ninth, and it's done well to get there. Really played like more of the team, kind of coming to the fore. Liam Trotter, Dave uh, Schofield continuing his good form. Yeah, it was, I mean, when you look at it, promoted first season, we've done quite well. We nearly snuck in the first right at the end. I remember the start. I remember what was it, after three games we stopped losing. We were unbeaten three or four games. Yeah. In fact, that start, looking at it, we only lost two of the first, what, 10, yeah. 10 games. And just when we're thinking, there's nothing in this league that scares us. Sort of thing, yeah? yeah, we're looking at the first one, 3-0, three, 2-1, three 4-0, lost 3-1, 1-2-1, Drew, Drew, and then um, along come Watford and absolutely fucking spanked us, 6-1. Uh, but 
yeah, most of that looked, it didn't look that bad at the beginning at all, but yeah, it's... Uh, I remember beating Palace. Yeah, 3-0. Yeah, I remember the home against Palace and beating him, that's always good. I felt like the away leg, uh, in October, it's just, I remember Robinson round and square in goal, I think a 6,000 loss in the away yeah. end, so it, just, it felt significant. Like, I remember just going there, like, it just felt like a good night out, and it's, it was the first time we played them in a little while, so at the time, I think, I'd be going, going there and winning. Is Palace a rival, though? Nah, it's just nice to do them over. I don't see them as a rival. I don't either. To be fair, I don't either. I don't really see Charlton as a rival. They're just someone we take three points off or six points off. I think we've got Palace in the Cup tomorrow. You get us out, then everyone's rocking. You know what I mean? I think, obviously, local, it's just bragging rights, isn't it? And that's all we care about. We want to be able to go to work on Monday and brag about being. I think traditionally we've never really done well against Palace either. It's a tournament. Yeah. And also, we've had a couple of players who will join normally from, from Palace. I mean, Looking at the signings we had in um, twenty ten to twenty eleven, Liam Trier, Sean Bat, Sean Bat, not a bad player. He was all right. We had him with the Wonderwall, didn't we? Liam Trier was always a poor man's Huddleston. He was a big. He was a, he was a bit an unusual shape for a midfielder, wasn't he? He was big, about six one, strong. Yeah, and he, he struck me like as having loads of ability, but just strolled. He just strolled through games, didn't he? Barely broke his foot. If you put a bit of effort in, he could have been a much better player, I think. I think the season in particular was a bit of a talisman for us. I feel like he got a few goals for us behind Morrison. He was kind of the main threat. There was a few games I remember where we got a 4 5 wide sticking behind Morrison, but he'd be making these runs in the box, one of his goals, lobbing keepers from far. Yeah. Um, he was a good player for us, and you mentioned Sean back there. I think uh, we had him on loan the season previous day, and we had to play on front. And then we had Wimbledon pre season, and I'm going to it, and then he done his ligaments in the last oh. season, and that was the end of him, really. So I'm not surprised. 2010-2011 was um, Liam Troy's um, most goals. Was seven, 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 seven goals in the league. I think he got seven goals in the league and then one in the league cup. Um, and then after that, it just got worse and worse. Six, six and then three in um, 2013, 14. But I think we'll come back to Trotter in a while, but I mean, you look at the players we signed. So Sean Bat, um, I'm not gonna. Is it Tamiki? I'm not gonna try and pronounce his surname. Kind of weary. Orion Blanke, as we call him. <laughs> Steve Middenhall, uh, James Henry. Now James Henry weren't a bad player. And James Henry, funny enough, I don't come on here. He's actually in one of my all-time teams because there was one game. I think we won four 0 at home. He set up all four goals. Steve was just unplayable in that game. But like all of us, we'd have 16 good games a season. I mean, Kevin Lisby, Darren Carr, Theo Robinson, Danny Shittu. Got Danny Shittu for free. This was the year he was crying out for big investment. Yeah. We were yeah. three players away from him. Yeah. Uh, Jason Punchin, again, Palace, he scored the hat trick. Yeah. Kelvin Andrew, Josh McQueeve, Theo Robinson, again, was there. I know that's when we brought him. We come on loan and then we brought him. Uh, Darren Purse, Craig Eastwood. Hammer, Hammer Bozona. Is it? Bozona. Martin Rowley's free kick. He was the first power seat for the free kick under the wall when they were champions. And we had him on loan to start with, and then we, yeah, then we bought him the loan fee reportedly 150 grand, and then we bought him for 100,000. He was Tunisian in Algeria. Algerian, French, yeah. And then Andre, Andros Townsend. Square It was, who, Andre? Andros. So that's um, and then Townsend as well. I mean, that that really, there were some class players in there where we should have done a lot better. And allegedly to this, that was all paid. We brought all of those players for 1.4 million. When you think we paid probably that for Bradshaw on his own. Mm. I, I mean, don't know. Yeah, I mean, the season itself, I mean, you mentioned like Townsend coming to us on loan. I remember him scoring a goal at Burnley away Between March and April, yeah, you know, that's where 
with a bigger squad and more depth in the squad, better, you know, better quality centre halves, perhaps a whole playing midfield. Yeah, well, I mean, been challenging. I mean, from the QPR game, what was that? March eighth, two 0 Burnley three 0 and then Cardiff three three, Hull one 0 Leeds three two, and then Bristol draw, and then we went two one down, and then we got a couple of wins back. But if we could have, if we could have won those last three or four games, like definitely the last two, um, and the one before, then yeah, we'd have had definitely better, uh, definitely a better view as such. I mean, is there anything kind of stand out 2010, 2011 season that really sticks out, or is it, shall we move on to the... I think one last night was um, the first game of the season away to Bristol City, David James was going to the marquee signing <laughs> after the World Cup. <laughs> Or whatever it was, and uh, walking towards the home, the away end at the time, thinking, all right, well, they're going to give me a stick, but we'll see who wins in the end. But obviously, turning him over 3 0, which basically made an embarrassment of him, and so I think he did at the time, but you know, one thing was a howler, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. It was just a great day out. I think it was like a Mills back in the championship sort of thing, like, welcome back, we're in, and it felt big at the time. I mean, again, going, moving over on to. Um, 2011-2012 not such a great start to the season um, again we won a few um, a lot more losses but we had a few big wins though going through um, first game of the season what was that ready so oh, look, there's Henderson and all that little Marquis you see Marquis is another player scores on the first game back uh, I mean what went wrong with Marquis Marquis was a class player he just never formed. Mark, Mark Christmas was one of those players. Jackie had a bit of a, a, a theme for doing this. He would put a player in for one game, then drop him, then bring him back at two, then he'd be on the bench again. I, I don't remember Mark Christmas getting a run of like 10 or 15 games. Now, bearing in mind in previous, previous decades, we had Gary Alexander win 28 goals with games without scoring his first goal, I think. Yeah. Morrison went about 20 odd before he scored his first goal. For Marcus, who was 19 or 20 at the time, not give the kid a bit of a run in the first two, build his confidence. And he got mucked about, he got sent out on loan. I don't think players, when they get to that 19 20, it's make or break years for them. They're either going to push on and develop or they're going to disappear into non league. We've seen it so many times with Marvin, players. Marvin Elliott, Neil Marvin. Sid Nelson. Yeah. You know, you see it all the time. That I, I remember watching players, and by the time they're 20, they've got 100 games on them. Yes, the difference with people like Thompson now. You know, Thompson's probably done, what, 150 league games now, isn't he? Yeah, thereabouts. Can't be far short of what he's done for us. Yeah, he can't be far short of that. I mean, and it's also looking at the amount of um, league games will get, or the amount of games will get played with players now where they're coming in younger. They're going to beat, there's going to be a player soon who's going to beat Kitchener's records, um, Herlock's record, etc., etc., because they're just they're just coming in straight. I mean, the other standout, two standout things for me for the 2011-12 season: Harry Kane, yeah, and we still had West Ham in the same league. <laughs> yeah, so we had the two games with West Ham before they got promoted, wasn't it? Before we got promoted, how they got promoted? Yeah, I mean, um, it was the away game, wasn't it, where we lost 2-1 for the I remember the kickoff actually in the home game, bizarrely enough. I think the referee does checks on both goalkeepers' side, and he didn't check with David Ford at the start of the game. I remember him shooting, thinking, fuck me, if that went in right at the start of the game, that would like, cause a bit of a riot just to start the game. Like, he, I think it's the latest boots down, so I was like, got a wall down, so I said it. Yeah, I mean, in the away game, Fobert scored the goal, I thought Winston Reed, and I remember either one of them rang for David Ford at the time. Season Brian Orsop, Thierry Raccoon. Raku, I used to wage his English, wage for Darius Henderson, 
Now that fucker was a huge. It was like the Hulk. Josh Ryan. He didn't get back three or four hat tricks that season. He was a monster. He got one away to Leicester, I think, early in the season. And then I think he got one at like Barnsley or something. He definitely scored a couple. He was a bit of a talisman, wasn't he? He played in the Premier League and he got big wages, but managed to be a bit disruptive in the club, I think. Kind of training to leave in mid sometimes, getting booked for training and everything like that. But yeah, he, he, he had the bit about him there. Yeah, scored a hat trick. Where are we? He scored a hat trick, two games on the trot. Scored a hat trick against Barnsley. No, Barnsley against uh, Dagenham and Redbridge. And then against Barnsley the game after. Did he get one against Forest? And then. See, that's the way in September. I don't know if he did, you know. Oh, it was, yeah, he did. Yeah, Forest, yeah. Was, no, Leicester, wasn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah, Leicester. Yeah, penalty. He scored four that day. No, he didn't. Three. Sorry, I was looking at a 45 plus three. So he scored a hat trick. Three hat tricks in that like season. That. You've got to play their strength. They need service. It was a big lump up when Moody played with Harris earlier in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the decade before. You've got a big lump up there who's physical. You've got to play their strength. It's like we did Morrison. He's that type of striker. Big man, little man. Yeah. Very long. I mean, Morrison should never have left us really for the call in the Premiership. I mean, if he'd have stayed with us, he'd have probably been a, a more prolific striker. But what was it about two point seven million? We got him. It was big money for us. Yeah, yeah. Bear in mind our turnover at the time, probably five or six million. Yeah, we got more for we got more for Morrison than we did for Kale going to Everton. Yeah, Kale was. I know it was a different era. It was a different time. I think Kale was on the verge of. But also, Kale was. He was in the point where he was keeping Garner Bosman. Good. Yeah, he was, yeah. Yes. And the rumour I heard is that Theo was the chairman, was good mates with Simon Jordan. They knew they was going to lose Kale, so they created a story about Palace was after him, hoping to start a bigger war. And the only team who came in was Everton, and off a bump for a The rest is history. Is that ghost in the what? The door's just yeah. fucking open. <laughs> Big enough for someone to walk through. No one walked through, and then it just shut perfectly afterwards. It was like, whoa, that was. <laughs> yeah, that was. Oh, mate, no, that was a cut. That was. We'll get on to him in a bit when we get to his season, but he was, he was fucking loony. I mean, listen, another good thing that struck me about this year, this season 2011 12, we, pretty, we struggled to score goals. Keon scored some big goals for us. He was a good yeah. Guy. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he weren't an out and out striker. No, but he, he, him and him and um, Kane had quite a good partnership. He was a good, intelligent player. Yeah. You know, mm. he always worked. We took him here afterwards in the season. I think we were struggling. New Year time, Kane come in, Kier come in. I think um, one game sticks out where I think it was Kitchen uh, where he passed away, and then we had played the white kit at home. I think they both got a goal against Hull or something along the lines. Yeah. And you just see like there was a bit of a partnership that way. Like, they were both not necessarily target men, but mobile forwards that were causing havoc. I think Keogh was one of the first players I see do the press when he didn't have the ball. He, he worked harder when he had, didn't have the ball than he had the ball. About 16 goals they scored in their partnership between Keogh and Kane. And it was to be fair, I'd have scored 12 of them or something. That was also, yeah, it was the year, wasn't it, Kitchener? Yeah, it was, you know, playing the white kid at home game, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. You've seen that video online for that? No. There's a. Um, there was a Kitchener Memorial video um, from the family. Is this the one they put on the big screen? Yeah, yeah. yeah I I've got that. Uh, it's on YouTube. I, I'll um, I'll put a link on this. I just got to say, because he has said much, so I don't think they can lose him. Do you know? Why not? Why not? Because he's gone on to be a great player. Uh, at the moment, once you've got to remember, I was, what, 12, 13 at the time. Um, I was a little bit bitter when he left us as well. I think that season, I, I see what you mean. He was, I think, late team, but he scored big goals. I remember we went Portsmouth for the Tuesday night or Wednesday night. We won one nil, and it, it felt like a big result at the time. Like we were still languishing down there, and losing that puts like four or five points clear in the relegation zone. And he took it on his shoulders, and he always refers to it in the press. Like we always say, if he's a joke player, you know, Harry Kane made his name, or he didn't. But he always says, I learned how to play football. I learned that the result on Saturday matters more than anything. And actually, so did Hodgson, the England manager, said it was the best thing he did going out on loan to Millwall. Not because it was Millwall, because he, he got first team experience. And all joking aside, you know, he, when I saw him play, I said he looked like a young Teddy Sheridan because he had a good footballing brain. 
he had what Sheridan didn't ever have, which was pace. And he could he could track a ball, he could score with his head with both feet. I, I looked at him and thought, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be good. But interesting story I heard he they turned up at the training ground. Nobody knew who he was. They knew a player was coming in but nobody had met him. And uh, a few of the senior players went over to him and said, I'm the Premier League player who's come to stay for the season. <laughs> Robbo put his arm around him, walked him around the car park at the training ground and said, don't be like that, mate. Don't have that big time Charlie's down here. Keep your head down, listen, and work hard. You'll be all right. And the rest is history. Yeah, he had, he had a bit of edge. What year was it when that was, um, that was before now, when that was before the decade, when um, Robbo done his, his speech? Or is that during... I think it was the playoff game, wasn't it? Yeah. Where he was in the tunnel. Huddersfield. Yeah, giving it the Skycarriers. The Huddersfield game was probably, in, in the decade as such, was probably one of the greatest home game atmospheres. Yeah. Um, there's been at the den, especially in the last, well, definitely in the last decade. But if you watch the Sky footage back, they knew it. They, they yeah. said the Huddersfield players wouldn't even know to take throwings. No. They were scared. Today. Same as Leicester, though. Remember Leicester? Leicester wouldn't even take a throwing. Yeah, it was Chilwell, wouldn't it? Yeah, they, they wouldn't take yeah. a throwing. But I think that this next FA Cup game we've got coming up with Sheffield United, I think that will be Rowlett's first, um, basically, I don't know, he will become aware of the Millwall atmosphere. Um, hopefully, I doubt it, but hopefully Mill looks at um, opening the bottom tier for United. Can't see it myself. Um, no, sell it. I can't see it. They would sell it, but I can't see. I can't see the police allowing it. Hopefully, by the time this comes out, maybe. But I can't. The only thing that can't see will be good for us is they've got two hard league games. They might be able to win against us. Hopefully, in the last round. But I think I'm coming. Really got there because I'm like Chelsea and Man City. Either side of our game, and also they're fighting quite top of the league, aren't they? So they lost them. They qualified I mean, that, what would you? What would be of an interest to you? Would you go for the FA Cup, or would you just go for the league? I mean, the league's got to be more financially viable. This is the nice off the decade, but I remember two thousand four when the cup run cost us much. Mm. Every player was scared of getting booked, yeah. injured, yeah. red cards. They they just didn't want. And we, had, we did get some players injured. Dickie O got injured. Uh, all key players. And I think back for the cup run, we probably don't have that there's I don't see that happen again. There's been a couple of years, especially over this decade, where if we'd have got investment, we could have gone up. If we'd have bought the right players and had the right money spent, we could have gone up. We've come close. I mean, the last what, couple of seasons ago, we were very, very... We even had the survey for the Premiership. So the Premiership were worried that we're potentially going yeah. up where they look at, right, there's so many teams that are potentially and they come around and survey your ground, hence why the planning permission and everything else has gone in for, for Mill. But would the Premiership understand or want Mill winning? And would it result to chaos again or would it just be some really, really, really good banter filled away days or would there be absolute chaos? Carnage, man. <laughs> 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 Whenever we're on TV, we seem to always fuck up. We're on TV every week, wouldn't we? Unfortunately, yeah. you know, we've got a reputation when the big games come. Adam, the club would catch it as the fans let him beside that. I wouldn't, because it's what I grew up in down there. It's what it's been like. But you can't change it. You can't change it. No, and I think it's one thing what I've always said is that to try and deny the hooligan element is a mistake because that's part of our history and I reckon that there's probably so many scarfers out there who have had been saved from getting absolute battered because of them yet everyone's far too easy to sit there and go oh yeah the hooligan but also mate I mean you look at the atmosphere up at Stoke last year and there's Stoke used to be a good away day yeah yeah. Uh, last week last week Stoke and Cardiff used to be two of the best away games in the championship and two of the most terrifying and they, it was edgy yeah but it's so sterile now it's you know at Cardiff they have to play noise clapping fans because there's no atmosphere Zaris is there the Premier League sanitised it yeah it's sanitised yeah. and that's what yeah. they would try for us hopefully yeah. we'll only have one season up there 
I think that's all we want. Yeah, I don't think we need it more. Oh, One season up, get the three years parachute payments. But, yeah, no, is it free now? It's two, isn't it? That's no, free, isn't it? Yeah. The problem, the problem wouldn't be us. No, it would be the rest of the Premier League. But the problem so now isn't us. If you go to Chelsea versus Tottenham, mm. you sit on the telly now. They let both sets of fans out at the same time. Yeah. I'll be down the street. I'll be yeah. hands. Yeah, right. That would never happen. You saw what happened when we went over to Tottenham. You see what happened whenever we come to town. We were, we were. I'm not glorifying it, but the Premier League, their fans have got used to that. Yeah, being able to walk among the hundreds. Yeah, if they did it. It's not just that. I mean, Chelsea, you go back to the Tottenham game. We were fucked over by the old Bill. The old Bill walked us into extreme hostilities. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, three sides of, you know, why are lane, three sides of that was basically Tottenham fans and they walked us down the road. And we had people throwing bottles of piss, fucking no, coins, this, that, everything at us. Yeah. And, you know, okay, fine. You know what? It was a, it was a great atmosphere to walk through and be there. But, you know, I've I, I represented a few gazers what have been assaulted by people in the old Bill done fuck all, a few people what had ended up whacking police officers and whatnot because of the, the big throw. Because most of the old Bill couldn't give a shit anyway. And it was like, but that's typical of us. No one seems to give a fuck. But apart from where it goes bad, and then they want to just start what, poking the finger at us. What you would have in the Premier League, you've got new fans, all the millennials who don't know what it was like years ago. Yeah. But then you've got all the 50 somethings yeah. from Manchester. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from bigger clubs yeah. who would want to level old scores. Yeah, I mean, I remember. Look I, at Everton. You yeah. know, everyone knew Everton were coming down with intent. Yeah. I know. Yeah, it was, it was all over social, social media. media. The police lost them. It was down to the down to the police, down to, you know, transport police, Met Police, everyone else. But lost that them. would be every week when we're mm. on the road and then they're yeah. on the road. Yeah. It's every it will be stupid kick-off times. The only exceptions would be games like Southampton. It's got potential, but, but from a payback point of view, you need one season up there, it's two hundred million pound. Yeah, and that would be it. And then, but then would would JB then get out? No, I mean it's been, I mean it's been good for us. Mouth, he walked away with his forty million back. Seventy million is paid. You know, um, it's just converting some more shares as he does every year, million to shares. So I mean. Last year, yeah, 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 like, yeah, and yeah. I think there aren't many clubs making profit. No, you know, so no. Again, we sold investors. Now. I mean, we sold. We're well run. We're well run. We are. I, we might not agree with it, and and I think that some of the things what have been done, we don't agree with, and I don't agree with, and, and you know my views on some of the stuff. We don't agree with it, but sometimes there's things that need to be done for the greater good to a degree. We have to fight the right fights. Um, but financially, we are, are on a commercial level. We're probably ten years behind most clubs. I mean, you go to some clubs; they sell fucking bob roll holders, advertising space on bob roll holders. Um, you know, we don't, so we're catching up. The fact that our building is still just over a million pound. You know, yeah. We we should be capable of putting three million pound on the table for the right player. Yeah, definitely three, four, five, maybe. Yeah. Um, if we have to sell someone to get money in, but yeah, I mean Savile, Savile going, and also the other youngster who went, who we got to Man City, the young, yeah, I think he's gone to Man City. There's a few that went for a minute or I mean, I think we've got some assets in the club as well. So I mean, we don't know nothing though. It's only players. Wallace is an asset in itself. Though. He is. I don't mean players, but but it's only players. So they break their leg tomorrow. We're fucked. We don't own the training but ground, that, we don't own the ground. That very argument is why sometimes it's Ross cashing on the back. Yeah, definitely. Look at Savvy, we ain't set the world right, has it? I think he had, I think he had a very good season with us. Yep. And I think he had a point of goal. Yep. I don't think he'll ever get eight or ten goals again in his career from midfield. No, I don't think he will. I don't think he's a, he's a TK and 10, 15 goals a season. Back. I mean, there's a lot, there's eight loads. Eight a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, there's loads of channel line. Um, you know, would you take Gregory back? I mean, Dan, you're not saying fuck all, but um, would you I take, Gregory take Gregory back? back? Only because I think Bradshaw's just a better version of him. You know, he can finish, whereas Gregory couldn't. I said, I think Gregory they both press. Six chances to score a goal. They both press. I don't know. 
I reckon it was good. It was everywhere. I'm a massive fan of it. His work rate's phenomenal. Yeah. But I'm not knocking Gregory. He's in my team. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think he was a great player, but going forward, he was just, he, he went backwards more than forwards. I'd say Brad Ford was just a little bit of an upgrade, I believe. Very similar. I think Bradshaw recently is in particular, you see him just, he doesn't necessarily have to get a goal, but you see him grow up and try to just much like that, Gregory got praise for, and he does finish, but Derby was top four. So, we're going to, we're, Move forward onto the 2013-14 season. Um, what did Jackie win for 20 years? He was the year out. 12, 13. Not 12, 13. Let me try and keep that. Oh, you've got 12, 13. Oh, yeah, I've got 12, 13. 12, 13 was the year Jackie left. We scraped surviving last day of the season. Do you rate him as a manager? Oh, yeah. Jacket? Mm. Massively. I think he took us at a time where I was only 10, 11, 12 at the time, but I look back on it, you know, insecurity, like, you know, we had this 2005 season, Fetus sold up, we had the Sabre in, Ferrelson came in, chose a steady head in jacket, he did exactly that, I think. He came in, he stepped the ship, he made us a side that was hard to beat. Go away from home, you'd hardly ever see us in turnover, it's either 1 0, 1 0, Fetus, and he was perfect for us at the time. And I think he knew at the time when the Fetus season came in 2012, probably his last, I think, he says when he was at Wembley. Obviously, the crowd trouble, for example, but I think he knows like at the time, like he's tired of the pain for them. But you've got to look at him and be thankful that he was there. I forgot about that, wasn't it? The 20, yeah. 2011 12 when it was the, the Wigan. That was quite funny, that was because I got corporate and I was in I was in the, um, the Wigan end in Club Wembley, and there was a couple of us, what were Millwall, and we had that you know, that scrolling thing on your phone you can get what you write something in and then it scrolls across so you can read it. And we were above the Wigan fans fucking writing all sorts of shit on there <laughs> going down and they were going mental but every time the stewards look up we were, we were like I don't know what we got about that. <laughs> but start our heads fucking having like these Wigan fans trying to get to us in the stand it was fucking hilarious but I think the year with this year simple was playing for the Palace I think they beat Peter on the last day of the season mm-hmm. got a late goal or they drew them or something and kept us up I remember Salmon coming on I was cutting off my mate the whole game, bloody shit when he came on. I was like, he didn't do anything to excuse it. I think he's rather in relegation zone now. I'm pretty sure the Palace got a goal over at South Park and kept us up. But the thing is, with this season, I think we're going to run from the end of September to end of December, 13 games without losing. That ain't a team that should be struggling fighting off relegation at the end of the year. No. For me. No, no. I totally agree. If you can go 13 games unbeaten in a league that strong, look at the teams you Yeah. Then you're... You know, you, you should be comfortable mid-table, 10th place, something like that. It tugs, tugs the heartstrings that season. Like, I think we was 5th uh, place and we had Chris Wood scoring like 11 goals in 19. And then I think it was Christmas Day they announced that we were trying to sign him. And I think we had a deal agreed for £2 million or something silly at the time. Whether we believe it or not, I don't know if it was ever in place. But he ended up going Leicester, didn't he? And well, the season collapsed after that. Really. I heard his dad was his agent yeah. and his dad advised him to go to Leicester. Well, I, a better chance of whether or not it's true or not, I don't know. But I mean, Beryl was in the press at the time saying we matched the Leicester offer, offer, both in terms of wages and in terms of transfer fees. But the rumour was it was his dad who advised him. And to be fair, if you advise him about Leicester, you know, look what Leicester did a couple of years later. You know, it's, it was probably good advice. Is he now still leads? He's at Burnley now. Oh, is he? I mean, you look at it, that run in particular, like, we have massive results. I think um, we went to Nottingham Forest, turn number 4-1. Yeah. We got a point away at Watford, then we followed up with a couple of home wins, followed by Blackburn and Wolves away in, in the space of a few days, 2-0-1-0, like clean sheets at Wolves and Blackburn. And, like, yeah, and massive results. Don't Huddersfield 4-0, mm-hmm. and then Nottingham yeah, Forest 4-1. Well, that's what I mean, when you look at them, them teams in that league, in mm-hmm. that unbeaten round, they're all, they're, within a couple of years, they're all in the Premier League. All playing... Top end chance. Oh, Alright, thank you. It's a, it's a back end of the season, isn't it? Have a look. 15 or 16 and losses that, out of, out of 12 5 there. The, and the that few for wins me, that we did have. You're cut. right, Dan, but that for me is when the mid season transfer thing comes into its own. Because where were we at the end of that run in December? It tells you the position in the league, isn't it? End December, we were seventh place in the league. So when we drew 0-0 with Charlton, we were 5th and we were playing Charlton in the 13th. Yeah. Yeah? So we were 5th, we was in a playoff place and on the 1st of December. Yeah. Yeah. 
when the January window comes, that's when you buy three players again, isn't it? I think instead we've got to agree with the likes of Rob Hulse, didn't we? Instead of Rob Hulse was the replacement for Chris Wood, I mean, yeah. you look that in hindsight, it was ridiculous. That's like me being a replacement for Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, and then literally, <laughs> from, so the, from December to May, we were down to, well, look, we're on, on the 20th, we were 20th, and then literally, on the, and then the Saturday, we were 19th. But it's also the season at the beginning, wasn't it, where we lost 4-1 on penalties to... Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Crawley. When anyone in interest come in, though? Who come in on the 12th, 18th? On the 12th, 13th? We had Scott Malone arrive. He's a McCoy guy into Bournemouth. Mm. We had Chris Taylor arrive on the free transfer. I like Taylor. Mm. Taylor's a decent fan. little winger. Malik Taylor as well, yeah, wasn't Taylor's it? Taylor turned permanent from his loan deal. Carly Osborne arrive. Danny Shitu come back. Mm-hmm. Mark Beavers. Yeah, he soon signed for him in January, didn't he? We had Adam, Adam Smith, the right back, who's at Bournemouth now. I mean, Mark, Mark Beavers weren't a bad boy, was he, for a quarter of a year? No, no, he was a pretty good boy. Beavers was a solid player. Championship quality at the time. <laughs> he was a reliable head, I think. He, he stayed in the house, I think he was still there, but he's still But there was rumour that he was going to come back, because I don't think he liked it there. I'll never forget. When Rangers was allegedly mm. in the coup, mm. he was being lined up. He was unhappy at Bolton, he weren't getting in the team, there was all the wage problems at Bolton. And he, I think he was more or less ready to come back then. If we if we start Cooper. Mm. I think he's a good player. I think he was alright where you know he should have ideally stayed. But we move on to the 2013-14 season, and that's when I suppose the beginning of the controversy started with Lomas. <laughs> um Manager uh, was he reserve manager after us when he went to West Ham after us? I think we did go before. I can't remember now, but I think he went after actually to their reserve team because um, he come from Scotland, didn't he? But why the fuck would you ever pick like this? I think he talked the talk, didn't he? Uh, wherever he walked the walk, obviously he failed for us. But I remember when he arrived, he was full of all ideas. He was this young up and coming manager before we had up and coming managers, to be honest, and. He was trying to break the moulds, trying to do this and that. And I think he's down for with the player he signs. The likes of McDonald, the likes of Bailey, the likes of Chatmo signing. I don't think it was so much the players. I think it was the wages he put. That's it. I think there just has been big salaries. That's it. Those, those on big money for us, a club of our size. You look at our, our recruitment when Harris came in afterwards, it was players that were early 20s, hungry to achieve. Second chance. That's it. Whereas these ones were, they knew their career was almost done and they were just looking for a little bit of like, <coughs> play as high as we can so we can kind of drop dead base. I mean, you look yeah. at the previous season and look at this season, I mean, we were getting fucking battered. I mean, Derby 5-1, Derby, Birmingham 4-0, Bournemouth 5-2, you know, um, Leicester 3-0, you know, again, Watford 4-0. I mean, we never really got out of the bottom half of the table. I mean, the bottom quarter of the table. I think the highest place we got to that season was fucking 17th place. <laughs> and then most of it, we were at 21, 22, 23. So, 20th. Still beat Charlton. That's yeah. the same. Still managed to beat Charlton away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we beat them, what, 1-0 and then... And drew 0-0 at home game. I and then drew 0-0, yeah. The 1-0 game was McDonald getting a deflected goal, so... I mean, it would have been two nil nils otherwise. So, but you're right. I managed to continue on being on this show. So. But looking at the, I mean, even the crowds that year just started going lower and lower and lower. I mean, you know, you start the season twelve. Um, AFC Wimbledon was shit. Well, yeah, yeah, AFC Wimbledon was shit at home. It was only four thousand. Look, the one, the one that sticks out for me Nick, is you're playing Doncaster at home yeah. end of the season on the twentieth. Doncaster bringing six hundred fans. You're still getting over twelve thousand. Yeah. Now, I'm not being funny, the last year we was in League One, when it was before, before it was in the Premiership, I remember playing Chelsea, 
Everton, Man United. Our average home crowd that year was just over 12,000. Now, all right, someone was cooking the books down and grabbed that because Arsenal bought 6,000 over There's no way there was only 6,000 in the Wolfhouse Stadium. Someone was at it over there. But what I'm saying is, 12,000, 13,000 crowds mm. for a club of our size is still good. And that's the thing I've, I've, I've picked up across the whole 10 years. Our crowds have stayed pretty good, all over the 10 and 11,000 average. And I'm not going to find you know, when you're playing Oxford and they're bringing 500 fans on a Tuesday night, it's yeah. not a bad result. No, I think the, no, I think the crowds have gone up. Um, I mean, who did? I mean, you look at this list with Lomas. Fuck me, he brought some people in. Um, Alfie Pavey, Jermaine Easter, Stephen Bywater, Stephen Morrison, um, Josh Cypher. Well, Pavey come through a youth team. You know, he, mm. he should have been better than he was, perhaps. Do you want him? Do you want him? Was he another player? Was he another player who didn't quite get a run, get a chance? He got Monopoly Man as well. Oh? Monopoly Man, Richard Chaplow. Chapo, yeah. Okay. Chapo <laughs> wasn't a bad player. No, he's, he's a good championship player at the time. Wasn't he? I had a dinner before I come out, mate. I've done a bit of calling fat geezer. It's on radio, so no one will see you. No one will see you eating the chips, Mick. Fuck you, Hank. But there was a lot of fun. There was a lot of... There was a lot of emergency loans. Um, Sean Derry. One month emergency loan extended to 93 days. When, when the club like us are signing players like Derry, you know, it's going fucking wrong. The stick he used to get when he played against us, I didn't want him anywhere near him, I'm sure. Yeah. You, I hate to Martin Waggon. Yeah. I hate to dare credit uh, Holloway. I think he doesn't deserve the credit because I think Dunny was the one that had the talk, didn't he? And then we went to Forest and won. But we, we were miracles to start that season when you look at the squad. It's, it's yeah. Full of has been, full of players that didn't want to be at the club. But we somehow managed to pluck ourselves out of it and stay up just by the skin of our teeth that year. I mean, we seem to have it. I mean, we had it last season, the season before. Um, there seems to be little runs of bad atmosphere within the club, player-wise. There seems to be anarchy um, within the... Footballers are very clicky people, mate. You get clicks mm. everywhere. Whether you're Sunday League, pub team, you get clicks of players. And it's hard, especially... I think what done us... Over these two seasons, 13, 14, was they had a lot of players coming in on bigger money yeah. than the existing players at the club was at. That's always a recipe for disaster. Because you get a bird big bollocks. No one minds Harry Kane coming in if he's on 20 grand a week, if he's Premier League class. But when you get McDonald's and players like that, there ain't, there ain't sort of eight grand a week difference between a 12 <laughs> grand player and a 20 grand player. I actually heard McDonald was on at 1.25 grand a week. And I think this was the season. Was it the season Fault was made our biggest ever earner? So God knows what Fault was on. The chairman didn't put him on a big contract or something. Think, how many of these actually played for us? Do you know Aaron Lee Barrett? Bit few Who's the Nicky Bailey was. Nicky Bailey weren't a bad player. He was bigger than me. His yeah. missus used to get loads of abuse and shit. Yeah. I mean, some of them. I mean, why, the, why would you get Sean Derry on an emergency loan? It was just panic signings, wasn't it? Panic signings. It's anything to try and Lee Martin weren't a bad player though, was he? Was that my thinking the same player? Lee Martin, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And he had quite a few injuries, I think, from Sean McCall. But yeah, like I said, it's a good championship player as well. You see how Alfie Pavey come over on a two year scholarship. Two year Was he on a scholarship? Yeah. But again, it's another young player what just didn't seem to to make it. It's true of a lot of young players. Emergency procedures over now. The beer has been saved or fuller. Restaurant. Only the one who kicked the ball fucking into the atmosphere. Yeah, I think. Yeah. He, he put the ball over the south stand yeah. for yeah. about eight yards out. Yeah. Which, if you did it a thousand times, you couldn't go. <laughs> you wouldn't do it once out of a thousand, but he managed to do it in a live game. Okay, now. The thing is, with Millwall, we've always signed. We've always signed strikers who were once good. I remember Kerry Dixon signed for Millwall, Clive Allen signed for Millwall, Mark Falco, the ex yeah. player, signed for Millwall. We always got them. 
10 years too late or 15 years too late. 10 years too late, yeah. We're going to bow out now and end part one here. As Omar said earlier on, uh, in the um, 2012 season, unfortunately, we lost a true Millwall legend. So we're going to finish the show um, with a piece all about Barry Kitchener taken off YouTube. Um, if you've not listened to it, it's a great piece to listen to. So this is for Barry Kitchener, 602 appearances. Um, born the 11th of December 1947 and unfortunately left us on the 30th of March 2012. I'll leave you with this. A special player, a legend, 600 odd games for the club, absolutely fantastic. He was a bloody good player and someone that will be sadly missed. He was really, really just a genuinely such a nice man. We got on really, really well. We did a lot of off the field um, things together and he was really, really just a genuinely such a nice man. We got on so well. Two different eras uh, of captaincy. Um, Kitch had a, a legacy era as a, as a captain, which was, was fantastic. I couldn't probably say enough words on here that would actually describe him in that he was an absolutely lovely person, beautiful manner, and a, and a wonderful foot player, which only came second to him. He was just a great lad. He was always the same, 100% Millwall, and a marvellous player. It's a gangly six foot plus. Um, yeah, we spent many and happy hours talking to the dressing room, getting cold, and uh, he was such a nice lad even then. But uh, I've never heard anybody say a bad word about him, and he was a great player and a great fellow. I remember the first first day I signed for Millwall, and all the all the photographs and all the memorabilia about you know Kitchen and what a great player he was. So it's you feel it from the first day you walk through what was the old den at the time. So uh, yeah, a, a special player, a legend, um, 600 odd games for the club, absolutely fantastic, and yeah, what what a great player and typified Millwall Football Club. He was he was just there for us from from the from the start. Always encouraged us and helped us. And even when going through bad times, he was always there to look after us. He was he was great, not only as a captain but as as a person. I can remember like it was yesterday. My my first game at the old den. Uh, Barry was on the staff at the time, and uh, I managed to score an own goal from the halfway line against Peter Wells and upset the crowd a little bit and the man that came and greeted me at half time and walked me off the pitch with his arm around me was Barry and that's the sort of man he was and I think that eased my problems from day one with the fans he was absolutely a fantastic fella and a great role model for everybody at this club When I started watching Millwall as a kid I, you know, I supported the club and he was sort of the person I wanted to emulate. He, he was out there on the pitch and the sort of person, person I looked up to, and and uh, he coached me. He, you know, he was youth team manager. He was caretaker manager, and he gave me my debut. Fun enough, he, um, you know, he, he he told me that he was going to play me in the first team. So I've got their memories to, to sort of cherish. Among the opposition is an 18-year-old making his league debut this afternoon. Alan McCleary, who is captain of Millwall's youth side. It's a side without a manager. Barry Kitchener, who's been the man in the hot seat, the acting manager. Um, I was lucky enough to come into the to uh, Millwall, um, forget the season, but it was a year they, they went up. I signed in the January and they went on an absolutely fabulous run. And from the day I arrived, um, Kitch was Millwall. Um, everything about the club, the character, Absolutely topper, topper class. Um, he was Millwall, and he's, 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 his uh, legends uh, lived on. That doesn't happen to uh, many uh, p p players throughout their careers. It's, it's a many clubs. I had the pleasure of playing against him as well. Uh, well, it wasn't a pleasure really, because, like you said, he, he, he wasn't a dirty player. 
he was a wholehearted committed player and when he tackled you or when he went for a header with you you know what was going to happen he was going to be coming out on top because he was such a committed powerful person and and that's the way he played and that's the way he ran his life now Kitchener won that one oh the Kitchener going on and his boot his boot almost went into the goal but the ball was always being stopped by Kelly so Kitchener now steaming back with only one boot on through the mud and Preston taking up and there's the boot in the back of the goal at the moment and Kitchener still struggling on uh for a big man, very skillful for his, you know, for a big man, and uh, but uh, yeah, a doing task uh, because he's a hundred percent, if not more. Um, but uh, yeah, always daunting player against Kitchen in, in training or, or even in the match, you know. I got tackled by him a couple of times on the training ground, and uh, I made sure I was on his side from then on. So uh, the bruises have gone now, thankfully. Cross push him under great pressure. Here's Liverpool, but Kitchener getting all of it in the end. Well, do you remember Kitch? When I used to play in the midfield, uh, Kitch, most of the time, the ball never used to come to the midfield, just to come to the centre half. And I always remember watching Kitch in the air, like six foot up in the air, when he made in the ball. And, you know, that's that's my I always remember that picture of Kitch. Always reminds me of him up in the air, heading the ball away. That's right. I mean, when he first started, he used to make so many mistakes. I'm sure Nicky told you he, he's not grey. But he gradually got better and better and better. And in the end, I don't think it was the best centre-half in the country. And you're talking about John Terry these days. This fellow's twice a player. He was an exceptional player. Possibly should have played higher than he did. But that's one of the things that happens. If you've got good players, as, as he was here, a great player, you knew that it's not one that you want to get rid of or ever dream of getting rid of unless the money was right. He, he could have moved, he could have gone to better better things, but he's quite happy here and he was superb. No, he, was a, he was a gentle giant off the pitch. He was a totally different person. No. Once he once he was on the pitch, he was just he was just a lion off the pitch. You know, like I say, he'd do anything for you. Yeah. Uh, he was a man, man, man mountain, you know. We talk nowadays about uh, players being world class. Um, the biggest compliment I, I can pay, pay to him is it. I look 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 at them now, and they wasn't a patch on Kitch, and Kitch was a very very good uh, you, you know player. Um, he looked after me as a young kid. We made a lot of mistakes, and you know, when I first come in, a real skinny lad. Um, he looked after me and, you know, off the field, absolutely top, top of class. Uh, the best story I've got of him, we um, we we done, in the year, early years, Millwall wanted to do some uh, community work. I'd done, um, we were DJs down uh, the old Duncow, me, me and Kitch one night. And uh, I spoke and like now, I expect, you know, you listen to me accent and I thought, bloody hell. Kitch took over, he delivered the all night. Um, the supporters were, were, were down there. He entertained. Uh, then he, uh, you know, everyone loved him, and uh, you know, everyone still still loves him. Kitch, Kitch was an, you know, he, he didn't look at himself as a legend at Millwall. He was a normal person. He had time for every Millwall supporter and every Millwall player. If you needed advice, he would be there for you. He'd have time, and that's I think why he got the status that he has here because he was a. A complete gentleman, and he, had, he, he didn't put himself on a pedestal. He was a complete and utter gentleman. Yeah, it was, it was tremendous. Everything about Kitch in, in life was, was great. He, he's just such an easygoing person. And, oh, get in. I'll move this for you, Les. I'll do this. Yeah, all right, Bell, don't worry. What should we do now? And, you know, is there anything else you want to do? Nothing. Nothing was ever too much for Barry Kitchener. You know, he never thought yourself of it as a a star, an idol to anyone. He was just who he was, and you know, to me, unfortunately, I, I lost a, a, you know, like a great friend. As much as I looked up him you know, as a player, uh, and he, as I say, coached and whatever. He, in, in terms of football, outside of football, he was, he was a he was a good friend to me, and uh, I sadly miss him. 
I mean, when we were playing, both Hawley and I, back in the 80s, you know, Kitch would come down to the den and like, cheer the boys on now and again. And just to be in his presence, you could, you could just feel he was a great great, great player. And, uh, you know, the, the supporters, you know, you know, absolutely idolised him. And, and the fact that, um, you know, loyalty, you know, springs to mind as well, that he had the opportunity to, at one point, I think, to sign for Liverpool. And, you know, Millwall was his club and, you know, he just wanted to turn out and do his very, very best for Millwall. Yeah, I did. Um, well, as I heard, I did. I had a report from the uh, goalkeeper called and used Sam Bartram. I don't know if anyone remembered him. He was a great goalkeeper, played for Charlton and obviously England, I think. Anyway, he phoned me up and said, have a good game on the Saturday because um, Bill Shankly's coming to watch you and they want to buy you. So I said, oh, lovely. So at the game, I'll let you know how you, you know where it went. So I said, all right. So I went to the game. There was billboards saying Shackley comes to watch from the All Rising Star. Played the game. Didn't have a bad game. Um, after the game, I went to see um, our manager then, was, which was Benny Fenton, and said to Benny, what's the uh, rumour about Bill, Liverpool after me, Bill Shackley's come down? So he said, no, he said, don't, don't believe that. He said, I'll put that in a paper to give you a bit of confidence. <laughs> and that was the end of Liverpool, really. Yeah. 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 No, Millwall Football Club, I miss him more than anyone else because uh, he was a legend and, and, and deservedly so. Well, he was a legend down here, for sure. And I think... Dedicated to the club and the club loved, or the supporters definitely loved him even right to the end when he was down here. So basically, there's not a lot you can say. He was the one club man, and that doesn't happen very often these days. Barry Kitchen is a legend, and he'll be sorely missed by all down at Millwall. 600 games for the club just about sums the man up. He was a great player for Millwall, great centre half. And uh, he will be back, sadly, but I was very shocked when I heard the news today that he passed away. The man, an era. I can't say a lot more, and uh, we'll say I've watched him for years, and it's only two weeks ago he was at the bed in the doctor's day, and, you know, he'll be sadly missed by everyone. Well, he's too young for my generation, but what I've been told by older Mill fans, he was a legend to all of them. Uh, rock solid, a real wall player. He was a, a true Millwall legend, and he'd done everything he could for the, the club that he could do. Do you want to He was one of the best players ever played for Millwall. He was solid, he was, he was what Millwall was all about for players. The way he played the game is fantastic. To me, he is the heart and soul of Millwall, basically. I mean, he personified everything there was. Um, he went through a brick wall to win tackles. He, he gave his heart and soul to Millwall. Um, it'd be a great loss as far as I'm concerned. One of the true legends of the club. He, uh, you know, I think he epitomises what Millwall was all about. Loyalty, fight and just true grit. He wasn't the greatest player. They give 100% every time we're at the pitch. I've seen him play many, many games. In fact, I saw his debut for Millwall at the Den. And, um, he typifies Millwall to me. He never, get, never gave up. A, a, a tremendous uh, example to, to everybody of uh, professional professionalism. Barry Kitchener, all-time Millwall legend. 600 games to the club. Uh, he, 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 is, he deserves nothing more than, than you know, a minute's applause from, from both the supporters. And you know, just in all respect for Cardiff, just you know, a thank you to them for for honouring you know honouring one of Millwall's greatest ever players. Most my life 
But it just backfires when I try But I'll get by has changed as you know you're nearly as old as me you'll uh, realize that the game has gone without loyalty but loyalty Barry Kitchener had and he just was one of them people exceptional that's all right we had to sort of ask for five minutes uh, audience with him he's like the Pope when he came up here but uh, everybody loved him players fans everyone he's not a bad word you can say about the fella uh, I loved it at Millwall um, you know, the crowd, I got on great with the crowd. I give 100%, the crowd loved me, and I loved every minute playing at Millwall. Everyone's working for each other, you know, and the uh, you know, atmosphere within, in the club is very good at the moment. We've got the confidence, you know, and if you've got confidence in your side, you know, it's halfway there, really. There'll be no one to fill his boots ever. He's just one of them people that you rarely meet, but he's a real Millwall boy. A record crowd back to the Millwall ground for the only supply in London. Before the game began, hundreds left their places and ran to find better seats. All of us restored after time and then the team came out. First Millwall. While the crowd surged and swayed like a wheat field in the wind. It's part of my life. I mean, without Millwall, it would wouldn't be worth living. It's, it's part of, it's like oxygen to me. I just, I just have to have it, like, you know. It's, 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 it's just something you can't live without. You miss them for a couple of weeks and, uh, well, it's like an alcoholic going without a drink, isn't it? <laughs> it is a life sentence in the best possible way. It's a life sentence. We know that. If you're not there, you feel disloyal. What I feel about Millwall is, um, is like I would feel about any of your family, you know, you love your family and you love Millwall Football Club. I, I will say now, I, I'm, I'm getting on now, but I will say I, I, I will follow Millwall to, to the end. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real with you for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better? You really can do it. 
But nobody is going to do it for you. Nobody is going to push you out of bed to work out. Nobody is going to make you eat better. But here's the thing. Nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. Two and a half million people, each doing the Beachbody program that fits our own goals. Over 80 to choose from, some that take just 20 minutes a day. Nutrition plans that teach you how to eat healthy and still enjoy food. What we all have in common is we know it's not easy, so we help each other. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. That's why I'm inviting you to try our amazing Beachbody fitness and nutrition programs. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Uh, okay, this is awkward, but this bike says he'd appreciate it if you removed his skull pattern saddlebags. <laughs> he feels self-conscious about them around all the other bikes, and he says you're not fooling anyone. You mostly ride with your golfing buddies. <laughs> Listen, I'm just the messenger here. Oh, no, I don't want to say that. I think you made yourself clear. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport, powered by fans.